It's really cool to be here. And it feels like somebody's playing a joke on me because this is not Southwest that I went to. I can't even, uh, I don't know if I could explain to you guys the changes that have happened since I was in school here. Um, but it's really cool to see what God has done at the school and uh, what he's doing. Uh, yeah, like Jared said, um, my family has been a part of Southwest for a long time. I'm one of six uh, kids. We all graduated from Southwest. And just a, a funny story maybe about like the beginnings of this school. Because I walked in here today and I was telling Goldie like, what, what is this? What is happening around here, you know? Um, so my parents were a part of, of starting Southwest or, you know, one of the families that was uh, helping out. And uh, when we first got the school started, like my oldest sister, she graduated in 2002. And every year the school would like be in a different building because we were just renting spaces. So it'd be like in a church building one year and it would be in, uh, I don't know, like a a shopping center or wherever, just building spaces that they were renting. And uh, the parents were always helping out to like keep things going. And so my mom tells this awesome story that like um, one of the years they had rented a space but it didn't have the appropriate fire alarm system, you know, whatever the state asked for. And so my mom and other parents would wear these, like, reflective emergency vests, and they would walk around the halls with a, uh, like, bullhorn, you know? And they would literally open classroom doors and be like, is anything on fire? And, and, and then they would, you know, no, we're good. Okay, thank you. They go to the next room. Is anything burning in here? And they'd be like, no, we're good. And so, so we've, we've grown. We've come a long way. Um, I think you guys are up to fire code now. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm 33 years old now, um, like Jared said, uh, I've been off working in missions for a little while, and, uh, I am married to my amazing wife, Carla, she's in the back there, she's from Barcelona, Spain, we've been married for five years, and the last four years we've been living in Barcelona, so, uh, the last few weeks are, uh, the first time since the pandemic started that I've been able to come home. And uh, we have two nieces that were born during the pandemic. I have my grandma who's 93 years old and uh, people that we needed to come and see. And so this summer we've been home and it's been really cool to, to be home and see family. Um, and I'm just going to be up front with you guys. I'm not really a speaker. I don't know what I'm doing up here, which is why it's pretty funny. Uh, a few years ago, like I've worked in YWAM, but my, my YWAM deal was like sit down with people and have a coffee, lead a small group that sort of thing, so there's a lot of you, uh, but I had, I had talked with Brian, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, that he said, hey, I know you're doing missions, would you ever want to come in and speak at Southwest, and so when I knew I was traveling home, I emailed him, and when he said how big the school got, I kind of tried to get out of it, but here we are, so I'm just going to share a little bit of my, my story with you guys, and I am really excited to do that, because I, I've just had a lot of fun following God, and it's really cool to see this many students together and imagine what God can do uh, in all your lives, you know? So, uh, I grew up here in Chanhassen, um, Christian culture my whole life. I don't know if all of you guys are that way, but I went to Chapel Hill Academy. Uh, that's where I met Jared. That's when we were, you know, uh, youngins, and uh, came here to Southwest 
I was like the youth group uh, master, like maybe some of you guys. Every Wednesday night I'm there, every church retreat I'm there. Uh, just Christian culture my whole life. And I think like to the best of my ability, to my maturity at any stage in life, I really loved God and I, I wanted to know him. But I was also just kind of doing the Christian deal, you know. And so, um, yeah, I probably looked like the model Christian kid, and that's a good thing. But uh, I think that there was always other things that were really important in my life too, you know. And um, I was always worried about uh, what girls thought about me. I was always uh, worried about how I was doing on sports teams. I was always worried about, uh, you know, my reputation apart from those things. And so, but I'm still following God and trying to figure it out. And so I went to Bethel, and uh, in my sophomore year of Bethel, I decided that I was going to be a part of a campus ministry uh, where the sophomore guys, or, or girls, sophomores, lead a group of freshmen. And I had been a freshman in that group, and my sophomore leaders had been kind of a, a cool role model or, or example to me. And so I signed up for this deal, and as sophomores, so you're a sophomore, you got your group of freshmen you're leading, but then there's uh, upperclassmen who were our leaders, you know? Uh, and so I went to the first day of, like, training to be a leader. And I went into the training, and my upperclassman leader was this guy named Matt. And Matt was 28 years old. He's this big, tall dude, um, like six foot four basketball player from Iowa. And he was like a super senior, right? Because he's 28, what are you doing in college? And so Matt uh, had gone and had worked with YWAM for about six years and was coming back to finish his degree. Um, I had never heard of YWAM before, maybe you guys have, um, but Youth with a Mission is an uh, international missions group that was started in, in 1960 with this idea that young people um, could actually do missions. At that time, if you wanted to be a missionary, you had to go to seminary, you had to have funding, you had to do like language learning before they would send you out into the world and let you do anything. And uh, this couple, Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, had a vision of young people actually going out and, uh, and following God and doing missions. And so Matt uh, had gone out to YWAM and he... There was just something about him when I, when I got to know him that I, was, I had never really seen before. Um, he talked about God in a, in a way that I had never really heard. He started telling me crazy stories about, uh, you know, hiking into Tibet and meeting monks that uh, had never heard of the gospel, of course, and, and praying for them and sharing the gospel with them. And it was like all this stuff that I... Uh, had kind of wanted in my Christian upbringing, but I never really met somebody who had seen God work in those kinds of ways, and also who talked about God in, in a kind of familiarity that, that Matt would talk about. Um, I'm one of the, so, so yeah, that year I started to sit down with Matt a lot and just talk about how do you follow God? Like, um, how, how do, you know, Matt used to say this, which I love, uh, do you guys know what VeggieTales are? Right? Okay, we love VeggieTales. But the, the bad thing about growing up in Christian culture is that it's like some of the incredible things that God's actually done in history, we just have them like locked away like VeggieTales. And so it's like, you know, God raised Lazarus from the dead. And we're like, well, God raised like Bob the Cucumber or whatever he was, right? 
And, uh, and so Matt would always say, like, it's not VeggieTales. The God of the Bible is the God of today. And he's still alive and he's still speaking. He's still healing. He's still moving. And it's available, you know, it's available for us to experience. And so that just kind of got me excited. And uh, I remember I had conversations with Matt about uh, how he would hear from God, like what he would do to try and actually follow God. Because I had done a lot of listening and receiving knowledge about God, but not necessarily knowing what to do with that. You know, I know a lot of Bible facts. I know a lot of Christian stuff. But how do I actually obey that and, and live that out in my life? And so um, I just came up with this idea that, like, God speaks in the Bible, so why wouldn't he speak to me? And I'm just going to start trying to, to hear him. And if I think he's saying something, I'm going to do whatever he says, even if it seems uh, a little bit silly or whatever. The worst that can happen is I embarrass myself a little bit, or I look foolish, or I'm just wasting my time. Uh, and the best that could happen is I'm living the Christianity that I've always kind of hungered for. And I'm actually doing life with the God of the universe, you know? And so I started literally being like, God, uh, what shirt should I wear today? You know, what do you think looks good? And, uh, and literally, like, I don't know, guys, just a gut feeling. Blue, okay, I'm putting that on. Should I go to eat now? Should I go to eat later? Whatever. Different things like that in my life. And also I was just, in my times of prayer, I would, I would leave space and say, God, I don't want to just talk at you, like, uh, you know, whatever I'm praying about, my life, my family, my friends, uh, I want to hear from you. And so the fall of my sophomore year, I'm like loving life, I'm playing soccer at Bethel, I've got a great group of friends, um, like I'm enjoying life, it's good. And at the same time, uh, I had had a, a relationship that had ended I was super bummed out about that and just kind of like swirling out in some things and feeling like, what are you doing, God? You know, I thought this, I had this whole thing figured out. And uh, so one day I'm sitting in the library at Bethel and I'm studying for a chemistry test and uh, I'm like, all right, doing my deal. And I feel like this voice in my head say, uh, go down to the prayer room. And um, Bethel has a big auditorium. Like, you guys are almost, I don't know, this is crazy. This is huge. This is bigger than Bethel, I think. But we have this big auditorium, and next to the auditorium is a little prayer room. And so that fall, I would go down to the prayer room a lot, and I would kind of walk back and forth, and I would just pray out loud because it was easier to talk to God that way. And so I'm sitting there in the library, and I'm studying, and I felt like God say, go down to the prayer room. And I'm like, Lord, I've been going to the prayer room a lot, and that's been cool, but I'm not really hearing anything from you, you know? And I, I had just read the story about Gideon in Judges 6. Uh, maybe you guys know the story where he, uh, he hears from the Lord, he's supposed to do whatever he's supposed to do, and he says, all right, God, I think I heard you, but I'm going to put this wool fleece on the ground, and I want you to make the, if it's really you, I want you to make the wool wet and the ground around it dry, Right? And so he puts out the wool, he goes to sleep, and he wakes up in the morning, and sure enough, like, the wool is wet, and uh, the ground around it is dry. And which would be miraculous, right? Wouldn't that be a nice way to hear from God? But Gideon's like, wait, 
I'm not 100% sure that that's really you. Maybe you're still not for sure speaking to me. So tonight can we like do the reverse, you know? I'm going to put the wool out there. You make the wool dry and the ground around it wet. And of course he, he puts it out at night and he wakes up in the morning and, and God's done that. And so literally I'm sitting in Bethel in the library and I'm having this conversation in my head with what I think is God's voice. And I said, God, if Gideon can ask you crazy things like that, then I need you to speak to me. You know, I, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to, like, turn my hoodie wet, but, like, uh, I need you to do something that I know is you, you know. And I, it's really funny. I, I honestly, it's probably still the most that I've ever felt, like, a kind of a conversation with God. I felt like he said, kind of like, okay, Chris, whatever, just go down to the prayer room, right? Kind of brush me off. And so I'm getting my stuff. I go down. I'm walking through the halls of Bethel. And I felt like he said, just so you know, there's going to be a girl in the prayer room. Because normally, if I open the prayer room uh, door and there's somebody in there, I wouldn't go in because I like to walk and pray out loud. So I just go somewhere else. But I felt like God said, which that was so weird to me at that time, guys. And it's still kind of weird to me. I felt like he said, there's going to be a girl in the prayer room, but still hang out. So I go in, open the door to the prayer room. And there's a girl on the front right side. Uh, never met her in my life, never seen her, don't know her. We don't interact. She's over there and she's praying. And I went to the left side, kind of in the back, and I just sat down to do my deal. And um, after maybe 10, 15 minutes, I, I hear this girl kind of gather up her stuff, like she's going to get ready and leave. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Uh, I'm going to have the room to myself. Great. But then I don't hear the door open, I don't hear her go, so I kind of look up, and she's standing there, you know, politely, not wanting to interrupt me, but kind of waiting for me to look up. And so I look up, and this girl's like, hey, sorry, uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but can I share something with you? And I'm like, sure. So she says, I've been doing this weird thing lately where I've been trying to hear God's voice. And I come and I have my time of prayer and I just leave a little space and I say, God, is there anything else that you want to say to me? And uh, she said, today I, I was doing that deal, you know, and, and at the end of my prayer time, I just had this picture in my head really clear. And I saw a guy wearing armor and the armor had a bunch of like dents and dings in it like it had been beat up, you know. And uh, the guy's face was like sweaty and dirty and it looked like he just came out of a battle. And I know we've never met, but it was your face. Like, you were the guy wearing the armor. And I'm like, boom, you know, like chills. Uh Uh, And she's like, so do you mind if I tell you what I felt like God said, you know, for you? I'm like, sure, you know, go for it. And she says... He has heard you, he sees you, he's uh, near to you, he's not ignoring your prayers, you know, Um, he's breaking you down in, in these other things that you've been trying to build your life on so that he can build you back up as somebody who's founded on him. And she, she keeps going and she's, she's talking about Bible verses that I have in my journal from the day before, she's talking about all these things and like I said, I've never seen this person in my life. So 
she's kind of freaked out because she realizes that it's actually accurate and true. I'm freaking out because I'm freaking out. And, uh, and then she just kind of, you know, I said thank you so much and she left the room. And, and guys, I just, I don't know how long I stayed in that prayer room for an hour, two hours, whatever. But I just walked up and down that prayer room for a while freaking out. And I said, no way, like, no way is it true. Like, no way do you actually see me, you know. You, you, you are the God of the universe. You got a thousand other things that you can be worried about, um, um, you know, whatever else on your plate. And you care about my breakup? Or you care about my, my little deal? You know, you actually hear me? Like, I, I was hoping that you would. I was asking that you would, but... But no way, and, and the God of the Bible is actually available to us and is actually close. And so I just kind of, I don't know, I, it was probably the purest worship I could ever have, you know. I just walked back and forth freaking out. And, um, and yeah, so I went back to my dorm, I told my guy friends, and I was like, dudes, I think this whole thing is for real. Uh, like, I know we go to chapel, I know we all believe this stuff, but I really think uh, God's alive and close. And we just started trying to, to follow God together. And uh, we started this random deal we called Dude Church. Not so good at the names. Uh, but we would hang out with each other on, on Sunday nights after Bethel's worship service. Bethel's worship. Uh, it's called Vespers. And we just talked together. And it was like, I don't know, maybe you guys have crushed this and you're already doing it a different way than I did. But I was used to being in a lot of Christian moments and like kind of listening to what was said and hearing truth and then being like, I agree with that and then not really doing anything different in my life, not really changing and obeying anything that I was taking in and definitely not talking about it with all like my friends and stuff, you know, it's like the awkward moment, the, uh, I don't know, who wants to talk about what they're struggling with or, or just be vulnerable and all these deeper things. At that point in my life, I really wasn't doing that that much. I was like, yes, I love Jesus. I'm glad my buddy loves Jesus, but you're over there and I'm over here. And so starting to just have these moments where um, we would meet as friends and we'd be like, what's, you know, what's going on in your life? What's going on with your family? What's going on with your boyfriend or girlfriend or... or or, yeah, whatever. Where are you seeing God? What questions do you have? And we started to talk. And, um, you know, real stuff comes fast in life, too. I had a good friend on our soccer team whose, whose brother died in a car accident while we were at school. Uh, he found out about it when we were on the, the school bus or the team bus. And, uh, and we walked with him through that. I had a good friend. These, these are my Christian buddies. You know, this is at Bethel. A good friend, married his high school sweetheart between sophomore and junior year of college, something like that. And by the time we were seniors, she was like, I'm out of here, going off with some other guy. They get divorced and he's trying to figure that out. And, And all of those situations, we saw like God actually coming in and meeting those people and and. Both of those friends and so many other things, you know, it doesn't matter if it's like this big dramatic deal or if it's just, you know, your normal everyday life. Um, we would just wrestle through those things together and we started to see God work. And like uh, Jared mentioned the prayer tent. 
One day we're hanging out, doing dude church, and we read Exodus 33. And it says, Moses would go out to a tent outside of the Israelite camp, and he would speak to God face to face like a man speaks with a friend. And there's sometimes, like, we need to reread Bible verses, you know. We need to get them out of the VeggieTales mode where it's like, oh my gosh, he would go out to a tent. He's just a man like any one of us. He would go out to a tent and he would speak with God face to face like a man speaks with a friend. And so we mentioned it to some people on our campus staff. We're like, you know, the prayer room's awesome, but nobody really knows where it is. It's kind of tucked in this corner by the auditorium. What if we get a tent and we put it in the middle of campus? And they're like, yeah, sounds great. So we got this white uh, party tent sort of a thing, you know, uh, like at a football game, you know, if there'd be a white tent. And we put it right in the middle of our campus next to our cafeteria, next to the library or whatever, and people were just walking past that um, wherever they were going. And uh, we ended up doing 40 days of 24-7 prayer where we had time slots hour by hour um, for people to sign up. And... Uh, and people were getting encountered by God in there. And so you'd go into the tent and there were like paintings on the wall. And there was uh, a cross in the corner with people's uh, prayer requests tacked to it. And there was, there was whatever, uh, prayer journals and stuff all over the place. People started coming over from Northwestern University and from the University of Minnesota and, and from wherever. And would be praying in the prayer tent. And um, so we saw God do amazing things at Bethel. And, uh, and yeah, so then I went from there. I went out to Kona, Hawaii. It's not a bad place to, to go and do some missions. Uh, I, I just, I finished my university time and I felt like uh, I was still hungry for God. I wanted to go and, and go overseas and, and see what that was like. And so I went to Kona um, to do a discipleship training school. I went with one of my good friends from my soccer team at Bethel. Um, and... We went out and we did this school, like YWAM has, okay, there's lots of like, uh, what do you call it, like abbreviations that are just letters, YWAM, Youth with a Mission, DTS, there's all these like things, right? Well, you can do DTS all around the world in, in many different kinds, and there might be a photography DTS or a uh, sports DTS or whatever. And we went and we did this school called the Awaken DTS. And Awaken was started by two guys, actually, who also graduated from Bethel. Um, and they had gone to YWAM. And they had this, like, calling on their life where they had seen God in, in Cambodia, in India, in China, in crazy places, um, doing miraculous things. Or, or just people encountering God in the nations. And they were there, and they were... Uh, feeling this, this urge to go home and awaken the church in the West to the reality that the God of the Bible is the God of today. And so I went to YWAM for a few years. I did three months of training in Hawaii and then three months of outreach in Nepal. Um, Nepal's, you know, north of India, south of China, Himalayas. And uh, I, we, we would literally pray and say, God, where do you want us to go? And this one time, this girl on my team is like, I feel the word puma. Anybody know anything about a puma? And uh, one of our missionaries there in Nepal is like, I've heard of puma. It's this village up in the mountains. Uh, I don't know of anybody that's gone there. Let's go. And so we would 
grab our backpacks. We had this projector with some speakers and like a, a screen. And we would hike up with the Jesus film in Nepali. So we went to Puma and we, we showed the Jesus film and, uh, and, and we prayed for people and we shared about who Jesus is. And uh, I was so impacted in my time in Nepal by the reality that there are a lot of people around the world who do not have the picture of God that we have. And maybe we know that a little bit, but like in Nepal, we would go to these temples and they're literally these crazy demonic looking temples. They got idols everywhere. They got snake serpents going like uh, up these poles, whatever idol deal it is. And lines of people with goats, with chickens, with uh, fruit and vegetables, with whatever they have. People in poverty who don't have enough to eat going and sacrificing a chicken to the snake god, you know? And, and I had, I mean, guys, I, I've been in Christian schools my whole life. At Bethel, I studied um, biblical and theological studies. I knew about other religions, but uh, I had never seen it that, like, in my face, you know? And so, so I, I just got overcome with this. We're so privileged to, to know a God who loves us. To know a God who, who sacrificed himself for us, you know. And so many people in the world don't know that. Um, and so, I could tell you guys a thousand stories. I had a million different, like, it actually took me a long time to figure out what to say today. And then I threw most of it out because, you know. I just went in circles. But I wanted to share about the next year that I went back to Kona. I decided to stay on as staff. And, uh, and I went three months before the DTS to do staff training. And in staff training, um, we, we had like uh, groups of us divided into who was going to lead the outreach team to Nepal, who was going to lead the outreach team to Cambodia, to Oman, to Brazil, to wherever. And we got this lesson, I think like one of the first days of staff training, where they encouraged us like, you're going to be the one going with a group of eight students, ten students, whatever, into these crazy places to share Jesus. And you're going to the way that you live and the way that your team functions is going to be um, a testimony, is going to be what attracts people to Jesus, you know? And as leaders, your guys' willingness to be the most radical ones, the most outspoken ones, is what's going to lead your team into breakthrough and lead your team into, um, like, fruitfulness in ministry and in your own lives. And... uh, I had this group of guys who we decided to take that like as kind of a challenge and they had made some sort of analogy to like military training for our staff training and so again I don't know what's up with the names but we kind of started calling ourselves and then other people started calling us West Point because we're like okay this is staff training this is West Point like we've got to be for real and so we would go like uh, all right when, when they need somebody to pray on the mic, we, we would have times of intercession. We'd pray for these nations. Everybody's always like nervous to pray out loud on a mic, you know? But we were like, we got to be the first ones to pray. So we'd jump up and grab the mic and we'd pray for Nepal or whatever. Um, we were going to be the first ones to serve. And so we would see 
dirty dishes in the cafeteria and whatever or chairs that needed to be stacked or whatever and it was almost like we it was contagious because we started looking at each other like are you going to stack them first or am I going to beat you there you know because we we were wanting to be these uh West Point guys who could lead our outreach teams and who could have that kind of a uh, who could set the culture in our group and so I was praying about coming to share with you guys today and I know that you're just getting started at your school year here I heard that you guys had an awesome retreat um, and I know that you guys you know you you have these D groups right you have your small groups Um, and I was thinking you know I've had so many moments in my life where, like, God showed up and spoke to me in the prayer room and blew me away. Or God showed up and, and spoke to me um, in, in Nepal in the mountains. I, I mean, I have moments that were impactful for me. But then the way that I've learned to follow Jesus well and, like, actually... What do you do after that moment? What do you do after, you know, if, if you've grown up in the Christian deal... You, you recommit your life to Jesus every other week. You know, you go to the, the new thing and, and you hear an amazing teaching and you're like, yes, I want more of God. How do we get that to, um, like, maintain and continue in our lives? And the best way that I've, I've found to do that in my life is through friendship. And it's, it's super simple. But it's also, it's just kind of this funny deal where somebody's got to break the ice and somebody's got to be the one to say, to your friend, to your, to your group, hey, I think there might be more of God. Hey, I, I think maybe if we go and we pray in this tent, something's going to happen. Hey, I think God said, Puma, you know, let's go hike into the mountains and do this deal. Or, or whatever it is that he's saying to you. But um, as amazing as all the moments were when I saw God um, heal save, deliver people in other nations. Those were amazing. And I'm like the missionary guy coming here. Maybe I should tell you more stories about missions. You should all go do YWAM, honestly. It's a really cool thing to do. Um, But one of the coolest things that impacted me the most in, in my time in YWAM was watching all of the people like you guys, like me, who came to Kona or came to, to YWAM with just like this little bit of suspicion in our hearts that the God of the Bible could be the God of today, that he could be close, that he could, there could be more, just that there could be more of God. And every time I saw a student come in with hunger in their lives, every time they had some crazy moment, and not just, it's not just for the moment, you know, they they were met by God. And, um, and so I just wanted to like kind of come and encourage you guys that uh, if you're here, you know, whether you're a freshman and, and this is your first year here or you're a senior and you're, you're already thinking about where you're going next year and what's next for you, um, be, be willing to, to listen to what you think God's saying in your life. Be willing to be the one who steps out in a little bit of obedience majority of the time that God has shown up and done anything in in my life or in my friend group it's been through like just the simplest smallest yes you know like you can read the bible verse about the tent of meeting but then are you going to be the one who says guys maybe we should pray or you can go to a deal and be convicted about 
whatever it is in your life. And are you, like, I, honestly, I wish I was the guy who was like, pornography is lame, I'm going to throw away my computer. I wish I was the guy who was a little bit more radical in some things. Because sometimes, I don't know why, we sit and we've heard a lot of these deals. Uh, and it's easy to, I don't know, just kind of knot up whatever it is in your life. Uh, uh, you know, um, if, if you get convicted about something that there could be more of God, be the one to, to say something. Say something to your friends and then practice walking it out with them. And so, um, yeah, like the Bible verse and the whole reason that I, I even emailed Goldie and said, hey, what if I come and share? Which I honestly thought was going to be to like 10 people, you know? Um, was because I was at home this summer in Spain. I was reading... Uh, this prayer book that I have and there's kind of like a, a guided prayer and every couple of lines it said overwhelm us with your beauty Lord and make us to shine like stars and then there'd be a prayer or a scripture and then it was like overwhelm us with your beauty Lord and make us to shine like stars and so I emailed Goldie and I was like I think maybe maybe God wants to do something in your school you know and it's so crazy to look at, I don't know how many students there are here now, but imagine right now in your friend group, wherever you are, imagine in whichever university you're called to go to or whatever sphere you're called to go to, um, what it looks like for you to get overwhelmed with God's beauty, to get curious about the more of God and what he might want to do in your life and then to shine you know it's it's funny but like here we are they're the southwest stars and that verse never really stuck out to me in my life before but wherever you guys go in the world like um you're called uh to shine you're called to be different than the world around you and Sometimes we need to take that a little bit more seriously than we maybe do. Like, oh yeah, uh, I'm a Christian. I've always been a Christian. Everybody I know is a Christian. Um, but I encourage you guys to try and be, be the bold ones. Be the ones who speak up uh, and are willing to like be different and shine. So whatever that looks like for you. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. I think maybe I'll, I'll pray. I don't know how this thing wraps up. But uh, I'd love to pray for you guys. So Jesus, um, thank you for this school. And thank you for, for the people here, for the ones who've gone before, who have like, uh, yeah, just given so much, wanting to create a place like this. And thank you, God, for what you're doing. Like, uh, it's so incredible to see uh, how you're blessing and using this school. And uh, God, I pray that this year would be the wildest year uh, ever at Southwest. I pray that it would be a year so full of you that um, that things happen in, in each student's life this year that just push them to a life of following you, a life of curiosity about you, a life of obedience to you. Pray for epic moments of worship, moments of prayer, moments of, of breakthrough in, in people's lives. And I pray that you you just do something here that then is launched out wherever these people go, or be it around the world or, or here next door. Would you, um, 
send them out like, like stars to shine and wherever they're called to be? And would you show them that the same God that they've maybe heard about, that they've wondered about, that there's been that like curiosity in their heart, is the God of the Bible, the same God that's available to me today? Would you just convince them that it's true and, and show them uh, the goodness uh, of Jesus and the goodness of, of God that's available to them? Uh, let them be people that impact those around them and, and make a change in this world. Uh, I pray that in Jesus' name.